This podcast is made possible by the generosity of supporting members. Please visit dharmaocean.org to learn more about becoming a supporting member. You are listening to the Dharma Ocean Podcast. In this talk, Reggie discusses the burning quality of space that is felt when we open to heightened awareness of emptiness. By offering our agendas, strategies, and concepts to the primordial fire, life is liberated to flare forth, utterly wild and free. This talk was given at the 2009 Advanced Meditating with the Body Retreat, held at the Blazing Mountain Retreat Center in Crestone, Colorado. To find out about upcoming Meditating with the Body Retreats, please visit dharmaocean.org. So today we're going to work with fire. Today is, in the Tibetan calendar, is the New Year. So Happy New Year, everybody. It's very appropriate to be doing this practice we're going to do later today outside. And it looks, so far, it looks like we can do it. I want to say a few things about fire. There's a burning quality to awareness. It's subtle but it's there always. That burning quality, we're not just talking about awareness inside, but we're talking about awareness outside. We're talking about space. We were saying yesterday that space and awareness are coextensive. Wherever there's space, there's awareness. Wherever there's awareness, there's space, inside and outside. And initially, when we experience space, not even initially, but, but, you know, when we first meet space, it seems very empty. It can seem very, very empty. But the more that we get to know it, the more we begin to detect initially that space has within it, implicit within the space, the very nature of space is not only empty, but it's warm. And it's not only warm, it's actually burning. It's on fire. There's a burning quality all the time to awareness. The awareness burns up. Anything solid gets burned. And uh, this is why we have such a tough time in life. Because we are always trying to pin down our situation, pin down who we are. We want to pin it down and have something, some reference point that we can relate to. Every time we do it, you know, it's the burning quality of awareness is is at work. That's the first noble truth, that no matter how we try to solidify things, it's always being burned. And the burning, that's what pain is. Awareness is burning up our, you know, our attempts to solidify our life, to pin things down, to find some kind of reference point, some kind of security, you know, comfort that's enduring. 
The very nature of life itself is movement, as we've talked about. Life is always flowing, it's always a river, and it's a river that has no banks. That life begins with the first warmth of space, and then it ends up with everything that we see in the universe. But all of it's flowing, all of it's in process. So the fire, the burning quality is, as we've talked about, it's what life comes out of. The very same burning quality protects life. So it's the, the origins of life and also it's, the, it's what protects life from us, from our attempt to freeze it, impede it. Pele is a name given to the life force, to the fundamental, it's just a name, you know, and I mean we could give it other names and in world religions other names have been given. Pele is the, the mistress of the depths and what that means is that the deepest reality of being itself is fire. It's the deepest reality. Space is what the fire comes out of, but the, pr the primary reality, the first thing that happens when space moves into form is this fire. So she's the mistress of the depths. That depth is always there. That fire is always burning. When we seek life, we can touch it. When we feel out of touch with life, we can touch it. And as we've been doing in our practice, but in, and in that sense, it's ex extraordinarily loving. It's actually the nature of love itself. That fire, that primeval fire. But then if we try to co-opt life, then it becomes wrathful. And the wrath is an expression of love, you know, the wrathfulness. I mean, I was, it was very clear to me when I fell down and, you know, broke my knee that it was wrathful, of course. Obviously, it was a very heavy message for me. But also, it was protecting me. I was drifting away. And just in case I missed the message, which with me is always possible, I had a dream that night. And the dream was I was in a car and somebody else was driving, somebody in their late teens or early 20s. And they were not observing the boundaries and the limits of the situation. And in fact, this, this person was driving through stop signs and driving through red lights and just paying no attention to the situation. Well, that was a part of me, and it was a part of me that, had, that was in control, was just pissed off at having these limitations. Well, what happened with this person was they got stopped by the police at a, a border. You know, they needed to cross a border, and the police stopped them, and there were lots of police around. And we all got out of the car, and we were sitting there in this sort of concrete, you know, waiting room indefinitely. And there was no thought about when we would ever be able to move on. And the police took the car, and they just dumped it by the side of the road. They turned it over, and it was a new car. It was wrathful, but it, it was me being protected from me, you know, from a sort of lower part of myself that, that was not with life. 
I mean, life flows on, and we want to hang on to some ideas we have about how things should be. And that's exactly what I was doing. I was hanging on to ideas I had about a, a certain direction we were going in here and certain projects that I wanted to do. And I wasn't, I, I wasn't really giving in to the fact that we live in a different world now and, it's, and, and life is falling in a different direction, at least for the time being. That's an example of the primordial fire not accepting, you know, protecting life, protecting the movement of life destroying any part of ourselves that wants to go against life and wants to dam it up and wants to control it, you know, as I was trying to do. Very interesting that we talk about the world is filled with living energies, that the elements are really alive, and all the deities of the world, all the, the ones who have been objects of direct experience, are all emissaries of the elements, fundamentally. I mean, they're all... They're all representing life in different ways. And they are far more living than we are, far more an expression of you know, direct wisdom. They're not as hesitant and as kind of shut down as we are. So that's all well and good. But when we invoke them, that's not a light matter. When we call on them, it's not a light thing. It's not inconsequential. My acupuncturist who's sees, you know, she sees the kind of unseen aspect when she's doing work, and she said, she's just going, you know, well, you called on Pele, and did you know what you were doing? Or when you related to her, because actually she, she turned up first. It wasn't like we exactly called on her, but she turned up and we made a relationship with her. And in fact, in Hawaii, I asked her to be our protector, to come and be a protector for us. She already offered to do it, so I didn't feel like, I mean, it was pretty straightforward. Because she protects the life force more than any, any of the other protectors or deities that I know of, her thing is to protect the fundamental energy of life as it flows through. And because that's exactly what this lineage is about, I mean, from a certain point of view, it was fairly obvious that somehow we would meet up with her and there'd be some kind of working together but still, you know, I mean, we had to extend ourselves and we had to say, let's invite you and invoke you to be part of our world and to protect us from any time that we start going against life and we start trying to create personal territory out of the, the teachings and out of the flow, the unfolding of everybody's life. You know, protect us. You know, be a guardian and protector. Well, that was, that's a heavy thing to say and my knee is just part of it. We have invoked that energy into this lineage that will be, will, will be called to account in some way if we start going against the teachings. And the thing is, we all go against the teachings a lot. We need the help of the unseen world to make the journey. If we were just left to our own devices, we wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, this is a fact. We, we couldn't because the room for self-deception is so extensive. In my case, I, I really felt, you know, I kind of convinced myself that we mustn't be hesitant, you know, we can't be afraid, we've got to go ahead, we have to do this, we have to do that, we have to, you know, actualize plans we have for developing further and we're trying to help people. You know, I had the whole thing worked out in my mind. It was like totally logical. But then I fell down and fractured my kneecap.
And then I had this dream. And you can see how important that is. I mean, can you see how important it is that Pele or that protection was here and that when I started drifting off, the big hammer came down? I see now. I see very well. And of course, if I didn't get it, then I threw the I Ching about because I was thinking, well, maybe I should tell the board where I'm at now. And I threw the I Ching just to check. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we should still forge ahead, even after my kneecap in the dream. And the I Ching said, if you try to go ahead without the sufficient support and the resources, there will be disaster. You need to respect the limits of the situation. It's humans beings nature to be limited. You have to live and act and be creative within the limits of reality and then things will go well. So at that point I, I, I did get it and I, and I gave in. You might wonder what these protector shrines are really because you know each one of them has a certain function. Pele sort of is the fundamental protector for us obviously because of the nature of this lineage. We're not really talking about deities. We're talking about a certain kind of magic in the universe that we are really invoking and requesting to be part of our life. And the magic is when you start drifting off and you start losing track of what you're doing that you get a message, you get corrected. Later this afternoon, we're going to have our fire and we're going to do some work out there, some making a relationship with the fire, and I'll, you know, I'll talk to you later about how we're going to do that. And what it's all about is invoking the energy of life into our system, that, that life may flow through us in an unimpeded way. And the thing that's very important to understand is that it's that life itself is not different from who we are. It's not as if we're, you know, we're this person and then life is going to come through this system of ours. Who we actually are is life when we are truly being ourselves. The more we are completely and totally the person that we are and the person we were meant to be, that itself is life. So very strangely enough, when we invoke the power of life, we are really calling to our own person at the same time. And, and, and yet, the person that we are and the person that we need to be is transcendent in the sense that it's not, the ego doesn't contain it, it's beyond us. Actually, we are beyond us. We are beyond ourselves. And the more that we grow as people and we fulfill the purpose of being a human being in this world at this time, the more we're beyond ourselves and the more we feel that something is happening with us that is beyond anything that we've ever been able to imagine. That our life becomes this exploding star, this supernova in space. And and that is, strangely enough, that is us. That's who we are. We are an exploding star. And, you know, our light and our inspiration and our love needs to go out to the whole universe. That's the very nature to be human. And so being ourselves, we feel, I mean, when we 
begin to become that supernova, we feel more ourselves than we ever have in our whole life. We feel so completely that this is who I am and this is why I'm here. And every atom in my body is being fulfilled. That, at the very same time, is life. Being life. Life is being life. So in unleashing life, we come to who we are and we become who we are. By becoming who we are, that is life. So when we invoke the you know, the primordial fire, that process unfolds. We are both being nourished and opened and expanded and we're being protected at the same time. We're being protected from not being who we are. So that's a very good kind of protection. It's not, you know, sometimes people see these protectors and they think it's about something outside. Oh, you know, these bad people or samsara, you know, this is protecting me from these obstacles. There are all these evil forces out there. That is just, a, that's just ego. It's ego's projection onto the world of its own paranoia. What we're being protected from is not being ourselves. We're being protected from all the tendencies in us to want to hide out and not become who we are. So that's a really great kind of protection, don't you think? And there's zero paranoia in it. Zero. I mean, ego gets paranoid, of course. But this whole world is a world of blessing. And when we think the world's a bad place, what we're doing is we're projecting our own ego's paranoia onto the world. This protection protects us from doing that. It protects us from thinking we need to be protected from the world, if you see what I mean. So, fire is the, the basic element. And... I mean, there are two ways to work with fire. One is fire as the element, and fire in the hearth, fire in the fire pit, the fire in the sun, the fire in the stars, in the moon, the fire at the center of the earth, which is the most wrathful. I mean, this is an interesting thing about volcanoes. That's the most wrathful and powerful and primeval experience of fire that any human could ever have. If you've ever stood at the edge of a volcano, I mean, you feel you're not even on the earth, you're not even in the universe, it's so terrifying. So you can work with fire in that way and that's actually uh, in some sense the most accessible way to work with it and we all need to do it, it's working with the outside element. But then at a certain point you realize the fire is inside too. It's in us and it's burning all the time and it's, it's, it's the heat in our body, it's our the out-of-control nature of our sexual desire and our passion and our love, you know, for others. And it's ultimately the fire of our own awareness. So whether we're working outside or inside, we're working with the same primordial, primeval fire. That's what we're working with. And again, it has two sides. It empowers and it protects. Protects us. And it empowers us. And the protection is empowerment. The protection is protecting the life force in us so that we have no choice but to become who we are. And what do you think? Are you into it? I mean, shall we all become who we are? Shall we all become supernova, novi? No choice, right?
download more of Reggie's teachings, find out about upcoming retreats, and to explore a variety of audio listening guides to assist you on your spiritual journey, please visit dharmaocean.org. Our music is by Jeff Beale and Nawang Ketchog from the album Tibet, Cry of the Snow Lion.